The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, preached on August 22, 2010. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit strengthens us to endure is the second portion of the second lesson today. Uh, We'll be focusing on Hebrews chapter 12 verses 4 through 13. You have not yet resisted to the point of blood as you've struggled against sin. Now don't completely forget the encouragement which speaks with you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give out when rebuked by it, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and beats every son whom he accepts. Patiently endure. As discipline works towards its goal, God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father doesn't discipline? Now, if you are without discipline, which all have shared in, then you are illegitimate and not true sons. Furthermore, we used to have our human fathers as disciplinarians, and we kept respecting them. So then, will we not much more submit to the Father of the spirits and live? For they were disciplining us for a little while as seemed best to them, but he does it based on what's actually beneficial, so that we share in his holiness. Now no discipline seems joyful in the present, but grievous. Nonetheless, it later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, Restore the limp hands and disabled knees. Make straight pathways for your feet, so that the lame are not turned away, but rather are healed. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. God's disciplining you. I'm not sure how well I would take those words during a time that I was suffering. I know they could come from a a kind heart with good intentions, but depending on who said them and how they were said, I could very well take them to be telling me, see, you've done something pretty bad. You've messed up in some way because God's not unfair, you know. He's punishing you like the small child you are. So just... Buck up and get over it. That's basically what Job's friends said to him as he sat there in agony with sores covering his entire body, even though my suffering has never come anywhere close to that of Job's. Yes, those words, God's disciplining you, can have such a harsh connotation. But dear friends, that is not the message Here in Hebrews 12, that harsh connotation. No, not at all. Rather, to the contrary, as we take to heart what the Holy Spirit says to us through these words, we gain comfort, strength, and courage to endure and bear up. For you see, our Heavenly Father's discipline achieves eternal good. 
With that theme in mind, our Father's discipline achieves eternal good. With that theme in mind, let's jump into the first part here. His discipline reminds us of who we are. Notice how God addresses us as he speaks with us about his discipline. He says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. His discipline reminds us of who we are, sons and daughters of God. We're not disciplined by some far away deity who punishes us at his whims. No, not at all. Rather, to the contrary, our Father disciplines us. He treats us as his own dear child. And what child is not disciplined by his parents? He treats you as his son, his daughter. For that is who you are through faith in Jesus. Consider what his beloved apostles experienced in those days after Jesus' ascension and Pentecost. The book of Acts tells us that as they told the good news of Jesus, the Savior from sin, to their fellow Jews in Jerusalem, they were arrested. They were flogged. Later on, the apostle James was beheaded by by Herod. Or, Or think of the imprisonment, stonings, beatings, and threats that the apostle Paul received on his missionary journeys. Church history tells us that all the apostles, except John, suffered a martyr's death. They confessed Jesus as their Savior. They confessed Him with their own blood. The writer to the Hebrews reminds his readers, including us, that we haven't suffered to that point. He writes here, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. They had not experienced a martyr's death yet. But what had these first readers gone through as they confessed their Christian faith? Well, a little earlier in the letter here in in chapter 10, we're told some of the things that they had to endure because they believed in Jesus. We're told in, in verse 32 and following, Remember those earlier days after you received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Now, in our struggle against sin, we have not yet at this point been called to confess Jesus with our blood in a martyr's death. And if you think about it, we haven't even had to suffer many of the things the first readers of this letter had to suffer either, did we? I don't think any of us here have been put into prison because we told someone about Jesus. None of us have had our property confiscated because we belong to a Christian church. 
And yes, there, there may be times where we face public ridicule when we stand up for Jesus, but even those seem to be few and far between. How much more isn't it that in our struggle against sin, we give in and compromise what God says, not because of harsh persecution, but in exchange for some temporary peace or momentary comfort or passing pleasure. When sin tempts you, dear friend, and you feel like it would be so much easier to just turn away from Jesus for a little bit, just a little bit, and give in, remember who you are. You are God's blood-bought child. You were baptized into His name, reborn into His family through the water and word of baptism. Remember who you are. And so, no matter what the hardship or, or the suffering that may come as we stand up for Jesus and follow Him, what does it really matter? For it does not take away your place in God's family. All the, just the opposite. It, it, it reminds us all the more that we are God's children. For it says here, the Lord disciplines those He loves. As we go through the hardships, difficulties, and sufferings of this life that come as we follow Jesus, they are all just all the more evidence that you are children of your Heavenly Father. And His discipline achieves eternal good for us. His discipline flows from His love. But I don't feel all that loved. And how true that is, isn't it? When we go through these the sufferings and hardships, we don't feel all that loved. But you see, that very discipline that our Father's love directs towards us for our good, the devil uses it to cast doubt on God's love for us. And that's when your faith stands up and says, Satan, I don't care what you have to say. My Father gave his son up for me on the cross. That's how much he loved me. There's no greater love than that. He even gives me his body and blood, the body and blood of Christ in the Lord's Supper to assure me of his love. He wants me to be sure and certain that his love will not fail no matter what happens in this life. And so Satan... These troubles and hardships that I experience as I follow Jesus are not because God has forgotten me or is neglecting me. Joe, just the opposite. He is intensely working with me, exercising, training, disciplining me. He is uh, bringing me up, helping me mature, making me grow as his child, for that is what I am through faith in Jesus. And you, Satan, cannot kidnap me with your doubts and lies. For my Father is greater than you. His discipline achieves eternal good. So struggle on, fellow children of God. Struggle on. 
And that brings us to the second part here today. Our Father's discipline encourages us to struggle on. And therefore, struggle on as you submit to your Heavenly Father. For His discipline works to bring you life, real life, life with God. The Scriptures say here, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? How's that for some encouragement? As we submit to God and His discipline, He keeps us and helps us grow in that life with Him, that life that knows no end. But how can we be sure that His discipline is the right discipline? We we know how difficult it is to bring up children, don't we? There's so much dangers out there in the world, but you can't keep your children in a bubble. We want them to do the right thing, but we don't want to stifle them either. There's a balance between strictness and leniency and discipline, and as parents, we struggle to maintain that balance. But try as we do, we know we're far from perfect, and our children know that too. Just ask them. How different our Heavenly Father's discipline. His wisdom always knows what is best. What God ordains is always good, we sang earlier today. His discipline always flows from love. It never flows from the heat of the moment after a frustrating day. He is our kind, wise, heavenly Father. As it says here, our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in His holiness. So struggle on. Dear Christian friends, struggle on. That path that his discipline leads on us on often seems overly rugged to us. At times that way may even seem impassable. We look around and other paths seem so much smoother. They're broad and wide. And we may well wonder why we can't go down them. But our Heavenly Father knows what lies at the end of each path. He knows which way is best for us to go and His discipline directs us on that way. Yes, the path may well be rugged and rough as the discipline exercises and trains us and and makes us mature. But He knows which way to lead us so that we may share in His holiness. Think of that goal that He sets before us that we may share in His holiness. And so, follow that path that His discipline leads you on. As it says here, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. The path is rugged and rough. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So often, rather than following his path. We, we see other things, we become absorbed in the other things of this life. 
the earthly things, and not just the stuff of this world, but also the earthliness in our, our friendships and family relationships can so distract us that we forget that goal that has been set before us, that prize that Jesus has won for us, that holiness which God wants to share with us. But dear friends, follow his path. Submit under his discipline. For he is leading us to share in his holiness. Leave behind the sinful and struggle on. Struggle on toward that goal. What an encouragement that gives us as he holds before us that holiness he has prepared for us. Struggle on, fellow children of God. Struggle on. Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Keep your eyes focused on what Jesus has prepared for us, that finish line. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He endured the cross for you. He reigns over all for you. He died and rose from the dead to bring you life, that life with God we mentioned earlier. He came to this earth to live that perfect life so that His righteousness counts for you. And He has reconciled you to God through His blood so that you have peace with God. What a harvest of peace and righteousness that is. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And it is God's word and sacraments that Jesus uses to focus our hearts on Him. It is His word and sacraments that strengthen our feeble arms and our, our weak knees so that we do struggle on, encouraged with what Jesus has won for us. We struggle on with our eyes fixed on Him. And finally, dear friends, as you struggle on, don't forget about your fellow Christians. We are family in Christ. Remember your fellow children of God. Help them as they to struggle under God's discipline as they face the hardships and sufferings of this life that come from following Jesus. Some may limp along. Don't leave them behind thinking better of yourself, but rather make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Bring healing to your fellow Christians who struggle under God's discipline. And how do we do that? Oh, not by driving them into the ground like Job's friends did to him, but remind them of who they are. Through faith in Jesus, they are God's dear children, baptized into his family. And the suffering and hardships they endure for following Jesus are just all the more evidence of their place in His family. And also encourage them to struggle on with their eyes fixed on Jesus, leaving behind the sinful. Hold before them what Jesus has won for them. That peace and life with God in the presence of His holiness forever. 
for our Father's discipline achieves eternal good. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.